This is Loudspeaker. A Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas, mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. Today, I will be talking with Sloan Reed, founder and president of the GLOW Movement and co-founder of the GLOW Getter Foundation. As a certified Enneagram coach, Sloan is dedicated to helping you gain a better sense of awareness to embrace and achieve your wildest dreams. She and her husband, Drew, founded the GLOW Getter Foundation to lead by example, serve their community, and to invest in and empower other leaders. Here with my dear, dear, dear friend Sloan Reed. We met on Clubhouse and we get to host a room together every day, Monday through Friday, in a club called Share the Stage and Grow. And I'm so glad that I got to meet her. She is such a wonderful person. And it's been amazing just getting to know her in the last few months. And I'm super excited to share what she's doing. So, Sloan, welcome to the show. Hi, Dr. Natalie. Oh, my goodness. I get to hear your voice every day, but to get to see your beautiful face is everything. (laughs) Oh, I love it. All right. So first of all, I want to just start by getting my listeners introduced to you. So tell me a little bit more about your story, who you are. Um, You know, you can start wherever you want to. And but we love for people to just know a little bit more about Sloan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a long story, so I'll try to make it short and sweet. But like, grew up in Texas, and the, the the West Texas town of El Paso is what we're commonly known of. Um, went to Texas A&M University, got a degree in political science, which I use oh so often now. So kids, remember what you get your degree in. Um, but yeah, so I spent some a lot of my younger years in Texas, traveling around, then traveled all around the country, just kind of getting to know and explore who I was. And I ended up in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, got to hold a bunch of titles and roles while I lived there, but um, the favorite thing, my favorite thing that I did there was meet my incredible husband, um, Drew Reed, who was my best friend and the love of my life. And um, after our dating and courting, we ended up in um, Kentucky after we got married. Um, and that is when this, the most impactful part of my story really began. So um, all, of the, all of the years prior to that really made me who I was and helped define who I was and refine who I was. But it was that point of my time in Kentucky when after me and my husband got married that I was really intentional in finding myself and um, getting to know who I was at my core. Um, and it was through that journey of self-discovery that the glow getter project, that's a little curveball, was started. And that started off as just me sharing my personal development journey from my fitness goals to investing in my physical health, my mental health, my emotional health, my spiritual health, and really just making that commitment to grow as a person. Um, Ironically, as that momentum started to build, um, we had to change the name because as I've shared with you, Natalie, and I would love to share with your guests and your audience is that in order for a project to be successful, it has to have a beginning, middle, and end. 
And as anyone who's ever started a personal development journey realizes, there's no end, right? It's an ongoing experience. Um, so that's when the movement became. And even Glowgetter, it was very singular because that's how it started. It was very much about me and my growth and me just sharing my experience. But as the momentum grew and the movement grew, it became more of a community, which was super, super inspiring and empowering. Um, so we decided to shift and become the glow movement. And um, even through that, we, we still had this desire because the heart of the glow movement and glow is growing leaders of worth. And a part of that is our wanting to invest in leaders. And so, um, Shortly after this momentum was going with my business, um, my son was born and my husband and I were holding this beautiful baby boy and so excited for this amazing gift and that we got to spoil and cuddle and love. But the reality is, is he was only going to be our baby for a hot minute and it was our responsibility to raise a man. And when my husband and I looked at each other, we're like, what kind of man do we want to raise? We both had this amazing like intuitive connection where we're like we want a servant leader um but part of being a servant leader is having to lead by example so me and my husband had to step up our game right and so as a family we started reaching out to our community volunteering more um really really engulfing ourselves in the needs and we came across a lot of people that were so full of potential and all these goals and aspirations, and yet um, they had some obstacles in their way. And so then we're like, you know what? It's about time that we help battle that and invest in these leaders that can really make this world a bigger place, a better place by us doing our small part and investing in them the impact that we could make. Um, so that's when the Glow Getter Foundation was born. And so we have been doing that for almost, I guess this is our fourth year. We've been around for three years. We're entering our fourth. Um, and yeah, so that is the heart of growing leaders of worth is really helping people glow in a multitude of ways. I love that. So, um, I am going to back up a little bit too, because the whole thing about the glow, right. And, and the, the one thing that, um, you had, you had touched upon a little bit about, you know, the whole journey of becoming more self-aware, right. And working on your health and your wellness and your fitness is because you actually competed as well. And so was that part of, you know, did you always have that at the, at the core of who you were is always trying to stay as healthy and well as, as you can as part of your self-awareness journey, or was that because you were competing and talk to us a little bit more about that as well? Because, and then yeah. I want you to actually go into um, being an Enneagram coach because that's so important yeah. in knowing who you are, right? And that's also part of your journey. So let's back up a little bit and see if that was always something of who you were or did you grow into that because you were competing as well? Well, health and fitness has always been a part of who I was. I was a competitive swimmer growing up. I swam competitively since I was like six years old. Um, I played basketball, not very well, but I did. You know, um, I was, and anything having to do with um, hand-eye coordination, maybe not my thing, but um, definitely throw me in a pool and I can definitely get to one into the other quickly. Um, so that was really just that has always come naturally to me, that at the athlete part of me was always ingrained. Um, and then, of course, I... My mother always wanted me to be well-rounded. That was her heart. Is she, she said, I didn't have to be the master of anything, but I had to try everything, right? She wanted me to have as many experiences as possible. So, of course, I was student council, and I was um, a barrel racer and on our family's ranch. And I just I did such a variety of things because I wanted those experiences. And I think that craving for experiences was ingrained in me from a very early age. And I even did um, pageants at a young age. I competed in Little Miss El Paso, USA when I was 11. Um, and then I took a break for a long time. And so 
I go to college and I'm kind of still fitness and health is very important to me from a mental health perspective. Um, but also just part, it was ingrained as almost habitual at that point. Right. And so, um, through that, I decided to compete, um, again, while I was in college, um, at, um, another USA pageant, but with the big girls, right. The big players and if you know anything about Texas, you don't mess with Texas pageants or football, right? <laughs> and, and definitely, and I was so out of my league. And I think that was one of the most eye-opening experiences for me because I was competing for all the wrong reasons in that season of my life. I was, I was competing for that external validation. I was ex- competing for someone else to tell me I was pretty or that I was worthy, right? Or that I was enough. And I I didn't really have that servant leader heart that I talked about. I, I was really, it was very selfish, but it wasn't a selfish place of look at me. It was a selfish place of tell me I'm enough, right? Feel this, mm-hmm. it was this longing for this wholeness. And I can look back now and recognize that. But in there, in that season, I thought I was okay. I thought I was thriving, right? When in reality, I was flailing and I was merely going through the motions of survival because I didn't know what I stood for. And one of my favorite quotes is when you don't know what you stand for, you fall for everything. And during that season, I fell for everything. I fell for unhealthy eating habits. I fell for obsessive um, diet culture. Like there was so many like traps I fell into because I didn't know my core identity. I didn't know my values. I didn't know where to draw the line because I didn't know who I was. Right. And so I lost a ridiculous amount of weight. I was so unhealthy. It was it was just a toxic experience and some habits that I created in that, like were things that I had to pay for, right? I had my metabolism, which had been my best friend my whole life now felt betrayed, right? And so I had to rebuild that relationship and that trust, even with my physical body, not to mention start that emotional, mental and spiritual journey to connect with who I really was. Um, so I stepped away from the modeling world. I stepped away from the pageant world for a lot of years after that experience. Um, I actually had a judge short after that, at that experience. Well, I believe to this day, I wish I could thank him, save my life because he told me as I walked on the stage, he goes, he goes, we in not good conscience could even put you in the top 15 because we did not recognize you on that stage. Like we need you to connect back with Sloan. And it was devastating to hear in that moment, but man, did that change my life because he was right. And I couldn't deny that. And so it was that moment. So as um, I took a break, right, I, I left Texas, I graduated from college, I um, moved around a little bit and found myself in Nashville. Um, and it was it was in Nashville that I had just had this new revelation of who I wanted to be and the type of person I wanted to show up as the world. And my husband and I joked that I had the most ridiculously high standards for myself, because that's what I wanted. I, I was finding myself and that started with what I was going to allow. And how I was going to treat myself was the expectations of how I had everyone else to treat me. And it was that, that, that was the beginning process of that self-awareness of what did I stood for? And a little funny tangent. I remember he was 15 minutes late for a date and I canceled on him. And I was just like, I, because he didn't call or anything. He just showed up late. And I said, I've made other plans. Thank you. And he was shocked, shocked. <laughs> and if you know my husband, he's the most considerate, gracious person in the world. But he learned very quickly, like that I had those high standards. I was going to offer him that same respect. I needed that respect in return. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, that was when I started. And he was such a great resource in that because as he started to continue to validate that I, I am allowed to have those standards, Right realized it really just encouraged me to explore who I was at my core. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as, so many years went by and my husband and I are married, we have our baby 
and I get the opportunity to compete again in the beauty pageant. And I'm going to tell you right now, I was like, nope, not doing it. But of course, it's always been on my mind. I love the beauty pageant industry. It's so nice. It's about phenomenal women coming together, these incredible platforms. They advocate for a cause. Like everything that is ingrained in who I am as a person is just amplified on that stage and with that platform of service, right? And I've always been intrigued by that world, but I was so, but was I ready, right? And it was my own subconscious, like, fear of falling back in that trap of needing external validation. Mm -hmm. And my husband so sweetly said to me, because you're not the same person you were. Mm -hmm. Stop, stop handcuffing yourself to who you used to be. You've grown so much and you've been so intentional on this personal discovery journey. And so I decided to compete again and I, but for the right reasons. I was very, very intentional with being, being healthy the right way, being a role model, um, setting that expectation, because especially as a mother, I knew I had little eyes looking at me, not only in my, as my son, who was only 18 months at the time when I competed, but other little girls and other little boys were looking at me to set the example and to set the standard. So I, I recognized the responsibility of doing things the right way and doing things. And honestly, I was in the best shape of my life. I actually, I went to win Mrs. Kentucky and placed top five at the national pageant, but I also was awarded that year um, pageant planet's best body of 2018. And what I loved about that article is they actually embraced my curves and they embraced mm -hmm. my health and they embraced my definition and they embraced my body and doing it the right way. And I so appreciated that. So that is the health and fitness side of it. I know there was a second part to your question. And so I want to honor you by saying, did that answer the first part of it? Yes, absolutely. And yes, and the second part really leads into when did the Enneagram process become interesting to you and how did you delve into that as well? I love this. So I've always been interested and you're, this is kind of the part two. So, right. I'm now Mrs. Kentucky. I'm getting all these accolades. Right. So and I'm very, and if you would have asked me at this point of my life, like, were you like a enlightened being, right? Were you connected? Were you, did you have that unshakable confidence? I would have so naively been like, absolutely I do. Like I'm on top of it. I'm thriving. I know who I am. I know what I stand for. Like just, I walked into every room with so much confidence, right? And I love that you bring up the Enneagram transition because it was powerful for when it became such an ingrained part of my coaching, of my own journey, is because I've always had an interest in the Enneagram. I've always studied it and had a curiosity of it. But when I got to understand it beyond the trendiness of what it is, right, understand it as a true self-awareness tool, not a stereotypical behavioral assessment because it has very little to do with behavior. It talks about core identity, core motivations, core triggers. Underneath it all, who are you, right? Is with the true intention of the Enneagram. At the heart of who you are, regardless of what room you're in or what title you have, how are you showing up and why, um, was when I lost it all. And so it's ironic that you brought up the pageant world because yeah, it was, I joke that this is my season of getting Paducah. <laughs> I got Paducah. And for those of you that don't know, um, Paducah, Kentucky is this so quaint, adorable, beautiful little town in Kentucky that I hated. And it had nothing to do with the town because the people are phenomenal. The town is so precious. But for the season of life that I was in, it could have been the most beautiful place on earth. And it would have still been the worst, my worst nightmare. And the reason why is during that season, I was on top of the world prior to getting Paducah, right? I was president of organizations. My business was thriving. 
Um, I was Mrs. Kentucky. I had everything. I was being featured in magazines and getting all the and modeling opportunities. And I was just thriving, right? My son was just growing healthy, but like everything was perfect, right? And my husband comes to me and shares, hey, he has this incredible opportunity um, because we had always planned on coming to live, to finally come back to Tennessee and to plant roots here. Um, but in order to fulfill that long-term dream, we had to do a short-term sidestep. And that short-term sidestep was moving from where we, the city we lived at the time to Paducah. And which means I had to give all of that up. Um, my reign as Mrs. Kentucky was coming to an end anyway. So it was that season that I had to crown my successor. Um, I had to step down from all the boards and organizations I was a part of. I had to let go a lot of connections that I had made that I, that and resources that I had made. I had to let go a lot of that. And basically, other than the roles of being a wife and a mom, pretty much everything else was stripped away. And then what? And then what? Right? And it was that like, okay, who am I outside of these roles? And what do I stand for again? And here I am 10 years later going, am I starting over? Like, how did I get here? Right? And it was that moment of getting to take a breath and be like, okay, I still have some work to do. And it was getting when, to use the true essence of the Enneagram and as a tool, as a piece of my self-awareness journey, because a lot of other things went into it. A lot of coaching, a lot of mentorship, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of meditation, so much more intentionality went into my journey. Um, but the Enneagram was a huge, huge awareness tool that I used because it allowed me to see this core piece of this irritant that was in me of this desire, right? And by understanding that core motivation and desire, I was starting to notice behavior, right? Habits, those subconscious things that I walk away and be like, why did I even do that? Why did I say yes to that? Why did I say that? Realize like that didn't feel, that didn't feel natural. It just came out of me. Like I, I couldn't catch the words in time or what happened. And when I begin to understand like, oh, that's how that's showing up for me. Oh, I got triggered in that way. Oh, this is the thing. And when I was able to use this tool to have that self-reflection, I was set free in so many ways. And I got to be really intentional about my identity, regardless of the rules, right? My core values, who is Sloan, regardless of the title, who is Sloan, regardless of her nonprofit, who is Sloan, regardless of her business, who is Sloan away from her family, who is Sloan and under and embrace that and be really intentional with that. And then Sloan gets to show up as a light in all of these other areas, right? When I focus on who I am, despite that, I then get to serve those rather than take from those opportunities because they're trying to fulfill me. I get to overflow into those opportunities because I'm already fulfilled. I'm already in, standing in my wholeness. Um, and so that's really like in my coaching of the GLOW movement is helping other people find that breakthrough, find that clarity, find that peace find that fulfillment, right? Of getting to understand that you are enough. You are worthy, right? Growing leaders of worth, glow. You are worthy. You are enough. And then how to show up in those roles as a light overflowing with your gifts. Ah, I love it. It's so wise. And I just love listening to your journey because it really, and just what you stand for, right? This glow movement. And and as I'm, as I'm listening to your story, it, there's some 
similarities with my story as well, right? Mm -hmm. In a certain spot in your life where you like lose everything, you're like, who the heck am mm -hmm. I? And and I appreciate that um, you dug deep and you and you um, actually looked into the Enneagram process and became an Enneagram coach, right? A certified Enneagram mm -hmm. coach, and and that you're so good at good at it. And I can say that because I have been through your program as far as just you know looking at. And, and being comfortable with who you are, right? And it's not mm -hmm. just speaking life into these behaviors, like what you were saying. It really is, these are your strengths, these are the triggers, these are the things that you need to watch out for, you know, or these are the things that you need to work on, you know, or there are um, other areas, like you call them your, their, the wings, but these side steps where you can fall into as well. And so this whole process, you know, as you were telling your story, I really saw, even though it was like this huge flame that you were at at a certain point, that it just kind of dwindled down to just a little bit of a sliver of a flame, right? It didn't mean that you were totally paducahed and like snuffed out. It was yeah. still going. It was still going in you. Mm -hmm. And then you found out how to ignite it again, right? Um, mm -hmm. And and I love that it wasn't only for you, even though that was your journey at the time, it, it turned into something much bigger because you wanted to focus it out now and help other people because you know that other people might be going through very similar things in not knowing how to reignite that flame, right? And so I absolutely Ooh. love, I love, I, just, I love the little fire in the flame and the ignite and the spark and, and then the glow that you get. And I mean, it all like literally, I'm seeing a vision as you're talking to me and I absolutely love that. Well, I absolutely love that you, because my favorite quote that kind of inspired all of this is a candle only gains by lighting another candle, right? Mm -hmm. So it is that ripple effect, right? It is, okay, you may just be a sole little candle. And that applies to so much of what I do within the nonprofit with my spark change ambassadors and in my coaching, right? Like that little flame, that little spark. But like, I think of what's that song, like that spark can, there's a it song. It only like, takes a this spark. It's like a campfire. Right? Yes. And it's like it all it takes, right? It's just mm -hmm. that little spark. And if you can protect and hold on to that spark, and it that, that for a lot of us, that's our purpose, right? Mm -hmm. That's our why. That's that's our mission in life is that little spark. And for me, that was holding on. And yep. how that fueled was un, to, is pairing that spark with that why and that mission of I've got to let other people, I have to set other people free, right? Yeah. Like if I can save one other candle, if I can light one other yeah. candle and free yep. them from all the pain and all the confusion and all the choices that I didn't even know how I got there. Like if I can give anybody clarity and peace through that, that is what motivated me to get out of my own way, right? Yeah, to put myself out there, to be bold and be like, who's counting on me? Who's waiting on me to show up? Who's ready for me to fuel my own spark so they can borrow a little bit of my light? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I love how you shared that your son was a little spark that that um, ignited you and your husband drew mm -hmm. to create this. But, you know, looking back at your life, because I like to get this get to this as well. Was there somebody in your life that maybe inspired you or you had a role model growing up to I feel like people don't just start things, right? And I think that there was always some sort of role model, or if we want to stay on this theme of having a spark, um, to really keep it in the back burner of, um, now I'm just going all over the place with, with these, um, with these, uh, these, uh, it's contagious, right? The yeah, fire spreading. Like, <laughs> on the back burner, you know, but yeah, like who, who really, um, gave you just somebody mm -hmm. that, to look up to that really gave you this fire to, um, 
create something of your own, right? And I think that mm -hmm. a lot of people, they don't think about, oh my gosh, you know what? You're right. It was this person that I got to look up to. And and it's going to be the same thing. You know, if I get to ever interview your son at the time, if I'm still doing the podcast, he's going to be like, oh my gosh, it was my mom and dad, you know, but oh, what was, yeah. who was a role model that may have inspired you or who did you look up to? Because you created a nonprofit. I mean, you're allowing people to have the space to be an empowering leader of for themselves in order for them to then do that ripple effect right forward so was there a role model in your life that you looked up to for that and i love that you touched on that because our mission of the both the global movement and the nonprofit is the most impactful leaders inspire and empower other leaders right yeah. that's the heart behind the nonprofit is as a leader it is your responsibility to lead others right you, you can't be a leader if you don't lead right and so that's a big part of it so i'm so glad that you touched on that and when i reflect back on like growing up i mean there's so many i mean as you were speaking so many people were flashing before my eyes i mean i grew up in a family of entrepreneurs um i grew up uh, my whole family built businesses after businesses and always chased after their dreams so um my big joke is i had a k1 before i ever had a w2 like that is a big teaser like i didn't realize that that wasn't normal right but i also grew up with an incredible on the other side like my mother and her mother had such a value for education, right? And the importance of continuing to invest in yourself and in invest in credentials, right? And the importance of under seeking knowledge and understanding. Like I, I those values were instilled in me. Um, the unconditional love, oh my goodness, of my that those same two women, my mother and my grandmother, like just had such unconditional love. And it was just so empowering. And then on the, my other grandmother was this fierce woman who was this talented, creative painter, but also a total warrior in the boardroom, right? That woman could own a place and she did it looking like Dolly Parton in high heels, right? That woman rocked cleavage up into her late sixties and we loved and blue eyeshadow to the, like, I, it's just, she was a light and a force and she, she knew who she was and she owned it. And it was just so powerful and inspiring. And then of course I've had like my pageant director as a young child, she wasn't, she was my mom's best friend prior to, prior to being my director. And just to watch her, she had a, she had a modeling business and a salon and a coaching business and a dress shop. And then she ran like managed the top models in all of Texas. Like it was just so she could do it all. And she didn't limit herself to being like one thing. Right. And then I think of like, even my like third grade teacher who saw me, right. Like my family's last name was very recognized. Um, in a small town as I'm so, so many of us relate to. And so I was all, when I introduced myself, I was always associated with someone. Right. Mm. And so to have my third grade teacher see me, right. See my strengths, see who I was, see my potential, like see the spark in me for what it was. It was just my spark. Um, and so I just, I will never forget. It was Miss Lee. I will always remember Miss Lee because she truly saw me and despite of all of the behavior things and all the things that I was show, right. I was the big performer because that's part of my Enneagram. I'm sure those Enneagram pros out there are guessing exactly who I am. <laughs> um, but it's because of that performer and that, that, that achiever in me and she saw through it all and she just saw me and just to be seen was so validating. So, um, so to give one person credit, I think would do a lot of injustice because I just had so many people believe in me along the way until I was able to believe in myself. And ironically, that is part of my mission statement and my values now is I will believe in you until you're able to believe in yourself. Oh and God. now that I'm having this revelation, Natalie, thank you for it. It's because people did that for me my entire life. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into the Glow Getter Foundation and talk about some of the things that are going on because you you already shared you know what inspired uh, you to create the Glow Movement and also the Glow Getter Foundation. So let's cover. Let's start with uh, the Spark Change Ambassadors. Let's talk a little bit more about that. You know, what is a Spark Change Ambassador? Who are they? What do they do? And then maybe how do you become a Spark Change Ambassador? Oh my goodness. My Spark Change Ambassadors, and I don't even like saying mine because they're so strong, amazing leaders. Like we're talking CEOs, we're talking um, lead sales reps, we're talking um, pageant queens. Like we're talking all over the spectrum of these just phenomenal women that come from all backgrounds, all walks of life, all ages. Um, And the Spark Change Ambassador is open to men as well. Um, but currently we just have a, a phenomenal team of women, right? So if you feel the challenge, if you feel something stirring to be the first male ambassador, you'll be in very, very good company. Um, so with that, like our Spark Change Ambassadors are just incredible servant leaders that believe when we all do our small part together, we can make a big impact, right? These are all phenomenal leaders that are having thriving careers. They're dedicated to their families. They serve their local communities, but they know that if they combine their little light with a bunch of other lights, that it will create a big fire, right? And we can then illuminate the world. And so each month we take on a new initiative and it is completely voted on and driven by our ambassadors. So they are very, very involved in what we're doing next, how we're doing it, how we're approaching it. But we do have a foundational theme that we focus around service, like service projects, fundraising, or advocacy and awareness. So we're touching on one of at least one of those three things every single month. Um, we have got to partner with human trafficking organizations to bring awareness and not only awareness, but we led a virtual training um, to help enable others to be aware of not only to keep themselves safe, but how to effectively help other people in that um, that have faced this horrible, horrible crime. Um, but we've raised money for No Kid Hungry to feed hungry children all across um, the United States. We've partnered with Operation Gratitude and sent care packages and thank you notes to active and retired military as well as their family and first responders. I mean, the list goes on and on and it's continuing to go on as these ambassadors continue to see a need in our community and then we lock arms together to make an impact in that. Um, so yes, I would. I, our, who who is a spark change ambassador? Um, it's someone that is dedicated to to making positive change, and we are always looking for new ambassadors. That is, oh, we are accepting applications all year round. Um, you can find more detail on our website, the www.glowgetterfoundation.com, and clicking on the ambassador information. Um, we actually have our journal as well, our impact journal that you can read about past initiatives, mm-hmm. as well as see some of our ambassadors featured on the website. Um, and then you can apply to be a part of our family and our and our team. Awesome. So you have a new initiative, you said, every month that you vote on. And these are ambassadors are located all over the the country, the world as well. Is that correct? United like it's state, local. Yeah. yeah. Okay, through the yes, United no, States. it's all over the United States. Absolutely. Our goal is to have an ambassador to every state. That would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, and our vision for this is to expand into chapters and to not only be able to lock arms at a national level, but to get really down and, and impact our communities within these states um, is the eventual goal. But right now we are just, again, doing our small part to make a big okay. difference. Awesome. And so chapters, would you ever consider doing anything like in the school for ambassadors to start a program like as an after-school club or something like that within a school? Absolutely. Um, we have, because our Spark Change Ambassadors are all ages and we really, really want 
to advocate. We want to give this opportunity to all ages. So our age range currently is 15 all the way, and I'm going to be respectful to um, early 60s. All right. Um, so we have a wide variety of ambassadors because we want to be able to impact all walks of lives. Our initiatives, however, often go into the schools, right? So we do do specific programs that definitely benefit children. That is on a lot of our hearts, um, is being able to invest in future leaders. That goes along with the theme of the Globator Foundation. Um, but we want to make sure that this has a um, variety of opportunities within it for all ages and all walks of life. Um, so we have been able to touch on, again, like we've partnered we worked with Girls Inc. last month. I got to go and lead a training um, for, during their media spring break week. Um, and that was part of our, our um, March initiative during women empowerment. Um, so it just kind of allows us to get to expand and incorporate a bunch of different backgrounds. Awesome. And you know, I'm asking selfishly because I have a daughter and she absolutely loves you and <laughs> loves what you do. And so it's funny because I was like, okay, got it. So she can be involved in another thing that we're going to talk about. But um, I just wanted to, I was selfishly asking for my daughter. And she can um, already be a Spark Change ambassador. So I would absolutely love it. If you are under the age of 18, we do do um, consider your application. We do tackle some heavy topics like human trafficking, right? So if you are under the age of 18, we ask that a legal guardian is a part of it with you. Obviously, um, you are the Spark Change ambassador, but we do um, ask that a guardian be involved in communications and all of that. And of course, I personally have conversations with our guardians. Um, if we're entering a month, for example, our human trafficking month, I made sure to have lots of conversations and give material beforehand to be approved prior to allowing our younger ambassadors to be involved yes. in. Um, and of course, usually it's they all were eager to be a part of it and got to based on parent involvement and guardian um authorization, I guess, for lack yeah. of a better word, consent. There was the word I was looking for. Consent, and so, yeah. um, but no, we, and we also have a, a men, ambassador mentorship program. So one of our older ambassadors um, gets oh. to mentor our younger ones. So they kind of get that boldness of what it's like to serve on a committee and serve a part of a nonprofit and serve on an organization with adults. I mean, so we have our 16 year olds, our 15 year old having adult conversations and strategy meetings with these very successful business owners and women leaders in their community. And so it's such a great development experience as well um, for all ages, but especially our younger ambassadors. So we would love to have your daughter. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. That's awesome. All right, so let's talk about um, the Spark Change Initiative Scholarship because I know that's part of the Glowgetter Foundation as well. So what is this and who is it intended for? Mm, this is one of our favorite things. Like I love my team of ambassadors, but they are such an advocate for the scholarship as well. So it just goes perfect segue. It's like you knew. <laughs> Great segue, <laughs> Dr. Natalie. But it's a program designed, it's a scholarship program designed to invest in personal development, right? Or future leaders, um, professional and personal growth. Um, so the scholarship can be used for anything from hiring a business coach to earning an online uh, an online or in-person certificate, attending a workshop, um, attending a karate summer camp, um, SAT prep. I mean, the, the possibilities are really endless as long as the intention of the program is to invest in your personal growth. Um, I had someone reach out recently to see if they could um, get an art certification to really explore the digital art space. And I said, absolutely, that is definitely in line with what we our mission and our heart of the scholarship. Um, because so there's so many resources for um, if you want to get a traditional education. But a lot of our skill sets don't always fall on that. A lot of our dreams and our passions 
um, that you can't really, they're not often, and I'm not saying never, but not always can you find a scholarship to work with a business coach, right? Or to work, or to hire a social media manager and to understand that. And so these are programs that we want to help you support and invest in to help you grow as a leader. I love and that. Answer I feel like the sky's the limit, you know, and, and as long as yeah. you are working on, you know, becoming a leader that's going to pass that on and empower other leaders, right? That's the whole uh, I, I want to say like just lighting that fire and letting it go too. It's, it's really paying it forward. Right. Um, so, you know, again, if, if someone is interested in what you're talking about with the Glowgetter foundation and they want to be involved, they know that a lot of people that do good, um, they also need a lot of help as well. And so what would be something, um, that you would need to help push the needle forward for the Glowgetter foundation? Absolutely. I really appreciate that question. Um, I think it's more like we, our team of ambassadors of Leadery. That's a program in particular that I just think has so much potential to have the biggest impact, right? Because our 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 Spark Change ambassadors all also are qualified for the scholarship. Now, you do not have to be an ambassador by any means to be to be a recipient of the scholarship. That is not a requirement, and it's not even considered. Um, so I just want to set everyone free of that burden. Um, but I just think our Spark Change Ambassador Program just has so much opportunity. So of course, applying, spreading the word, if you know an incredible Spark Change Ambassador, that'd be a great fit for the program. Introducing it to them would be incredible, of course, awareness and advocacy. And then of course, if you'd like to donate um, to our initiatives and our impact, we are always so grateful for that, especially in this new season after um, the past year, we've had to get really creative um, with our fundraising tactics, because we are a registered 501c3. And so we are a non registered nonprofit. And we had to be very creative and intentional with our fundraising efforts. And thank goodness, um, several answered prayers came through and we were able to fund our scholarship this year. Um, but we have a lot of work still to do to um, spread awareness and continue our service projects and fundraise for other nonprofits that are making an even bigger impact um, but through that, through funding is one of our greatest resources to make a lot of that happen. Awesome. So, so, so far, those of you who are listening, I have heard you can um, apply to be a Spark Change Ambassador. You can also apply for the Spark Change Initiative Scholarship. And, you know, even if you feel led to, like, if that's not something that you want to do, you can still donate. And we'll have everything in the show notes as well to donate to really helping grow leaders of worth. Because it really is passing on that torch, right, to the next person and then to the next person and to the next person. And so I absolutely love that. Um, so are there... Are there like any projects or stories while you were um, serving in the Glowgetter Foundation, everything that you've created that have touched your heart and, and really inspires you to continue to give back in this way? Oh, goodness. There's so many. Um, another element of the um, Glowgetter Foundation is our gala, which again, due to 2020, we have had to postpone, um, but uh, that it will happen. I'm speaking life, but at our um, last um, Glowgetter Gala, we honored three women, and these three. And we, through our Glowgetter Gala and awards, um, we honor three women um, that are making a global impact, right? And then one of them gets awarded the Glowgetter of the Year award, and so each recipient gets a donation in their name to the cause that they advocate for, and one is selected as the Glowgetter award that gets a grand prize donation for their cause that is voted on by the attendees of the gala. So it's a really exciting event. But the best part of that event is getting to hear these women's hearts and the difference they are making. 
so past recipients included Anissa Neubauer with the Olive Branch Foundation, who is helping kids in the United States get adopted because she's on a, it is easier to adopt internationally than it is domestically. And a lot of that is because of the financial burdens or um, not navigating it, the waters efficiently. And so her organization is in place to help not only get you, um, get your, get your family united quicker, but also cost effectively. So you can use those funds to invest in your family, right? Opposed to navigating these waters. Uh, we had Christine McAllister with Miles with Maeve, who has an incredible organization that helps family get resources they need after a miscarriage or stillbirth. Um, it is such a taboo topic that they are trying to break that tabooness and say that it happens to one in four women and potentially more that are just not talking about it. And because they're not talking about it, they're not accessing the resources they need to heal. And so she is on such a mission to find, to connect these families of who have experienced this loss with the appropriate resources. And then, of course, Amy here, which is our Glow-Getter of the Year and the founder of OB Children's Hospital, um, which is one of the first children's hospitals in Africa to bring cancer treatment to. Um, and so she, her hospital has also turned into a semi-orphanage because a lot of children are left at her doorstep that needing care. Um, and since the Glow-Getter Gala, um, she has since expanded and is running multiple hospitals and multiple organizations all over Africa. So it's absolutely phenomenal, these women. Um, but getting just to see, to your point, the ripple effect of that, right? Mm -hmm. So we have these three amazing, these three Glow-Getter uh, recipients. They are doing amazing things in the world. Through that gala, did we see people who are planning mission treatment, the mission trips to support Amy, oh, right? Wow. And then we saw even more evolution of that where we saw a family that Anissa was working for fully get funded from a connection at that gala and from sharing her story, a family's adoption was fully funded because of Anissa's efforts and her sharing her heart and the story of this. And then Christine actually became one of our scholarship recipients mentor. So someone applied to self-publish a book and because um, Christine is also an amazing coach. And so one of, um, to pay it forward, our, one of our future Spark Change recipients applied for the scholarship, for the opportunity to get to work with Christine to publish their book. Wow. So it just is the, to your point of this movement. And when you, when you let your light shine, what can happen and other people's light could spark and other people get inspired and empowered. And then an opportunity you get invested in the possibilities are really endless. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I love um, what the one thing that I absolutely adore about you too, is that you are such a good listener and um, you remember things so well. So like out of the blue, you just pulled names out, which I know that you, they were, they're special to you, but to even not only remember that, but what they stood for and their organization, as well as the ripple effect of that, of their actions as well. And so it's super incredible to see how your heart has grown into your work, which has then grown into other people's work and their inspiration, which has then grown into, you know, um, even further. So it's super exciting to hear that. And I appreciate everything that you're doing for people out there in the world and just doing good. Um, but again, you're so phenomenal that um, I just, I'm so, I'm just so blown away. But I still like to show people that from the start of Sloane's story, I mean, she was this girl that grew up just like anybody else, right? 
and spent that time learning about herself and, and her self-awareness and really leaning into the, some of the things that she enjoyed doing, which is this health and this wellness journey, which then created this opportunity um, to, you know, be out there for other people to see that they themselves are just as special and that they have something that they want to grow and spark and, and pass on. And so, you know, going from, you know, I, I just love to show that these are ordinary people doing extraordinary things, mm -hmm. right? So Sloan, the one last question that I love to ask people is, you know, what is one piece of advice that you might be able to share with my listeners on just then they themselves starting and making this world a better place. I love that question. I think you so beautifully said it about like, we're, we're, I'm not special, right? I am not special. I just was really, really intentional in diving into my core values and my identity and getting to know myself on such a deep level that it allowed me to embrace what I was called to do and to be bold enough to go after this, this mission in my heart is if you have this purpose stirring in you, it is up to you to kind of fuel that flame. No pun intended, right? <laughs> it is up to you because what's going to happen as you continue to ignore it or suppress it or lean into the fears, it's going to get dim, like you said, right? It's never going to burn out, but this, the flame is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And the smaller the flame, the heart, the more fuel that it's going to take to ignite, right? Mm -hmm. But if you can start from that place of being really, really intentional and knowing what you stand for, understanding your core values, uh, for lack of a better word, really tuning into your personal brand, regardless of the roles that you're playing, understanding your value and your worth, despite all the roles and all the external validation or critics, getting to stand in who you are, own your glow and shine, like let your light shine. That is when we can all change the world together. Mm, I love that. And guys, I'm so glad this is a video podcast because you can see the glow coming from Sloan. And I just feel like, and you are super special. So I'm not going to even like dim that at all because she is super special. I'm so blessed to have known her for the past few months. Um, and, you know, honestly, as you were, you were talking as well, I was thinking, guys, this is something that you don't necessarily learn in school, which mm -hmm. means you have to put yourself out there. It means you have to, like what Sloan said, lean into really being more self-aware. And they have no classes, self-awareness 101 in school at all, which means you have to really like reach out to when you have that feeling, you have, like you said, that little urge where that's just building up, that you have to lean into that because that could be something that creates that extraordinary thing in you that you're trying to get out. And that is so unique to anybody else to be able to improve the world and to offer that to the world too. And so, um, you know, us as entrepreneurs, we can say that please put yourself out there. If you have to work with a coach, do so. Um, if you're a, a younger adult and you're listening to this, ask your parents to get you connected to somebody who will be able to do that because it really starts really young. And if you don't have anybody cultivating your thoughts, you know, at this younger age as well, then, um, you know, it's something that continue to push forward because at the right time, you're going to meet these people and you have to lean into that. Um, we just know as entrepreneurs that that's the space that we live in. And so, you know, it might be an odd space because they don't teach that in school. Hopefully they will at some point, but I feel like 
most of the entrepreneurs are later in life after they finish their degrees or whatever they did during school, because this is stuff that they just don't teach in school. And so I really do appreciate that you leaned into that Sloan, because there's just so much that I see that there's so many people that are going to um, just benefit from that. And I'm so glad that you're here to share that with everyone. And hopefully people will get um, involved in what you're doing and apply for the scholarship, share the scholarship out, apply to be an ambassador, be part of that program, because it, it sounds absolutely amazing. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And I have just a huge shout out and testament and gratitude for your work and you being leaning into that spark. You are just such a beautiful light in this world. No pun intended, but you are. And just your mission to, of, I call you the queen of connection. And I don't mean that just of human beings, but you are, you're an amazing, you see people's strengths, you see people's light and you're able to connect them, but also just a connection of who you are and your spirit and connecting, seeing the good. So I just appreciate you so much. You're such a blessing to my life. And it's been such an honor to be, share my story with you today. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World, and thank you, NOCO FM, for supporting this show. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This is Loudspeaker.